So you really think they're going to add mouse support when I was 13? <laughs> I'm I'm hopeful, but also a little worried at the same time. My worry is that if they add mouse support, will developers start making features that rely on kind of mouse support primarily? Will there be this kind of disconnect between apps that are like mouse apps and touch apps and then suddenly you have to carry your mouse anywhere, everywhere? Right. Um, mm. They won't force you to carry a mouse, just like you're not forced to carry an Apple Pencil, but uh, like the more stuff they add to it, the further away you get from just this pure, in in quotes, pure iPad experience. I wonder if they were going to go that route, if they would take a similar approach uh, that they did with the fourth generation Apple TV in terms of third-party controllers. It's like... Your app can support third-party controllers, but it has to work entirely without them for us to approve it. Right, yeah. That didn't go very well, though, did it? Like, it, it really didn't. I think that was the wrong choice, because <laughs> uh, you, really you don't have to worry about carrying things around. Like, it's not an extra thing to carry mm-hmm. around with an Apple TV, because it's just going to sit in your living room. Uh, but it'd be I see where you see your point, where it would be a, a huge nuisance if you had to depend on a mouse in some cases. Unless they made a uh, like a folio case with a trackpad built in, that might alleviate some of that. Right, yeah, trackpad is the other side of this, because that would be pretty cool, I think, especially when it comes to selecting text. Although, the whole two fingers on the keyboard is amazing at selecting text compared to the old hold your finger on the screen till you get the loop and then drag it, which is yeah horrendous. Um, yeah, I love the two fingers on the keyboard, but... Yeah, that's pretty good. A trackpad would just just make it, you know, a little bit better. Probably a lot better. So do you have specific use cases in mind that you would prefer to use a mouse or trackpad over the touchscreen? I think I wouldn't mind, um, because I've I've tried to move my, my jobby job, my regular day job, to the iPad as well recently. I wouldn't right. mind having the iPad closer to, higher up, like closer to my eyes, just like a regular monitor would be. And so in that case, mm-hmm. I would have probably a keyboard as well and a mouse. Um, and then, you know, at, at the end of my nine to five, I would disassemble the, the whole thing, deconstruct it and just take the iPad and use it as a, like just as a touch device after that. So that's my use case that I've got in mind. And maybe even to that scenario, utilize the whole uh, USB-C to uh, monitor thing and have like a nice big display keyboard and mouse. It's kind of becomes a dockable computer at that point once you've got right. keyboard, mouse and uh, a display. It's the, the whole dream of having this really small device that you can not put in your pocket but almost um, carry around with you very easily. It's small and light but then you dock it somewhere and you've got this really powerful computer. That's been a dream for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, if they just take this one step farther and they integrate all of these existing technologies and they make like a folding phone. So when you want a phone-sized device, you have it and it unfolds into a tablet-sized device when you want that. But then you can dock it and have a full computer experience as well. Exactly. Just one device to replace everything. As a matter of fact, you can strap it to your wrist and it's your watch too. <laughs> and the <laughs> Mac Pro has got this modular point where you can insert the phone and it, it adds a, a GPU and another processor and... 40 gigs of RAM. (laughs) I mean, some of that's a stretch, but we're not too far away from a lot of that being reality, I think. Yeah, I hope so. I've got my fingers crossed, at least. Yeah. Are you, uh, like, a a shoe fan? Are you into shoes at all? I have these moments where I think, oh, I'm going to get some really nice shoes, and they're fleeting moments, I would say, at best. So no, I put myself in the not shoe fan category. I'm I'm very similar. Like I I've had moments where I'm like, man, people seem to really care about shoes. Maybe if I got a three hundred dollar pair of shoes, I would be into shoes too. Uh, that's that, I've never actually gone so far as to do that. I think the most I spent on shoes are like forty bucks. But uh, I saw uh, Nike has an app specifically for buying shoes. It's called Sneakers, uh, but it without any of the the vowels. Uh, so Snickers or however. <laughs> um, and it's like this really kind of exclusive feeling app. They have like 
their whole product lineup, but they also have like a timeline of like these are going to be coming out, and it's like we'll let you know 15 minutes before it comes out, so you can jump in and buy it the moment it comes out because it's going to be like a limited run kind of thing. Um, and I saw that uh, they're releasing a new pair of their their self lacing shoes. Uh, so in 2015, they released uh, like some self-lacing shoes that looked like they're out of Back to the Future. Have you seen those? I remember reading something about them. I don't have a picture in my brain I can reference. So they're they're like obscenely expensive and really unpractical, uh, and it was just kind of like a gimmick. But then a few years later, they kind of like perfected their self-lacing shoe technology, and they've had had these shoes on the market for I think maybe almost a year now. And uh, they're releasing a a pair in like a week that uh, is styled after the the Back to the Future shoes, and I'm considering ordering those. I had, so far as downloaded the app. Have you got your 15 minute warning set up as well? I do. I don't know how limited run it's going to be. It doesn't say, and I'm not. Oh, they're not going to tell the, you. Absolutely not. Well, I want to know if I need to like buy it the moment it comes out or if it's like not a big deal if I order it a week later or I don't know. That's exactly what they want you to feel, that, <laughs> that you need to buy this the moment it comes out. There's no question. Yeah. Even though it's limited to a million pairs. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it's like it's not – the only thing special about this pair is like the color of the fabric because they have these for sale like just in the stores as a regular pair of shoes. So I don't know. But I'm tempted by it. So my my two questions about this are how mm-hmm. self-lacing are they and what sort of cost markup do we have to have a Back to the Future colored pair? Uh, okay, so the way they work is they have like two buttons on the side to uh, increase and decrease the tightness of the shoe. And I think once you put your foot in and you set like the ideal tightness you want your shoe from then on, every time you slide your foot in, it'll it'll lace up correctly. So do they require has batteries? Then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you have to recharge your shoes. Yeah, okay. Um, Is it USB-C? That's a good question. I haven't actually looked so far as what the connectors are. I think wireless charging would be ideal for these, especially if you're worried about waterproofing them. But I don't know if they actually do that. Uh, I'm looking at, at the press photos. I don't see pictures of ports on them. So maybe they do charge wirelessly. I've got the next name for Nike. Nike Air Power. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So they've gotten they've got an app. So you can like from your phone tie and untie your shoes, which seems silly, but I don't know. The whole thing seems silly and I'm probably not gonna I was all in on this until I started explaining it to you out loud. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Why would I even consider spending this kind of money on shoes the old prank of like sitting in a classroom and tying the person in front of his shoelaces to their chair that's that's gone now what you have to do is take their phone and untie their shoelaces with an app (laughs) it's how the kids in 2019 are gonna live i bet there's not a huge security concern in wireless technology in these shoes and they'd probably be pretty easy to like hack into if you wanted to (laughs) drive by unlacing it's the new, <laughs> the new exploit vector. Well, these these shoes are specifically marketed as like for use playing basketball. So, like, I don't know if any actual athletes are wearing these shoes, but if they were, and you went to a game and like remotely unlaced everyone's shoes at the same time, <laughs> I just can't wait for this to happen. <laughs> Giving someone an idea somewhere. So, how closely have you studied? Um, the WWDC invitation that went out? Uh, I haven't poured over it. Is there something in there you've seen? Oh, there's so many clues, so many hints. <laughs> okay, walk me through it. Uh, well, first we have a unicorn with its head exploding. Mm-hmm. So that means something amazing is happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have a very prominent diamond that the unicorn looks like it may be about to eat. So the diamond represents yeah. food, uh, food <laughs> at the conference. Okay. Do you think I'm onto some winners so far? Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think you've got. It. They're going to feed them diamonds. Feed the unicorn diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I don't think you can really 
ever get too much out of these invites. But it is dark, so that probably means yeah. dark mode in iOS 13, although that's pretty much a given at this point. Uh, there are lots mm-hmm. of tools, a wrench, a hammer. So developer tools, I'm thinking. Um, right. There's an on-off switch that kind of looks like a Mac Pro as well, or at least the old Mac Pro. So <laughs> I don't know, Mac <laughs> Pro? Maybe the diamond represents the Mac Pro. The crown jewel. The the unicorn is the Mac Pro. Mm, okay. And it's exploding. And so, so there are thermal issues. <laughs> I'm stealing that from <laughs> someone in the comments. <laughs> a thermally constrained Mac Pro. Oh, yeah. Man, I really hope they don't try to over-engineer this. It'd be really nice just to have a box with replaceable components again. How, how Apple is that, though? have uh, yeah i know they've said modular but yeah i mean once once upon a time it was very apple um the cheese grater mac pros were incredibly simple to swap any component out they used proprietary connectors uh but you could open the case and easily plug and unplug anything you wanted it's probably the easiest opening computer case i've ever dealt with really yeah i mean even farther back like the the G4, the Power Mac G4 and G3s, those also opened very easily. Uh, were a little messier just because of the constraints of the time, I assume. But you open the, you folded the side door down, and the whole motherboard was on that side door and folded out for you to access. So it was pretty convenient as well. What if every interconnect was Thunderbolt? You mean kind of like they they did on the the last Mac on Pro? The last Mac Pro, exactly. It's modular; oh. you can add to it. With cables and Thunderbolt. <laughs> I mean, there there is a whole new generation of Thunderbolt since the 2013 Mac Pro that's supposedly, what, twice as fast? So I just... You're never going to get the same performance that you would out of something plugged directly into the motherboard. Right. Yeah, I've completely lost track of where that's up to, having not built a PC for quite a while, but it was always the case that PCI Express or whatever... ISA was always faster than whatever was on the outside of the box. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I really hope that we we see something about it in the coming weeks. Uh, But there's been absolutely no leaks, which I guess is a little more par for the course for their computers. But uh, still surprising we haven't heard anything. Right, and then when it comes to the software, it's just been a waterfall of information. It's like there's someone sitting next to Guy Rambo and just telling him what to write on 9 to 5 Mac. It's incredible. Yeah, it's great. kind of spoiled it a bit too, actually. It is a little disappointing. Um, a little bit. I'm I'm most anxious, I think. Uh, I mean, between the two operating systems, iOS is what's going to affect me the most. I'm most excited to see what they're going to do for iPad. Uh, but I'm also probably equally excited to see uh, this new version of Marzipan and how... Uh, developed it's become in the last year well it's only one show away so let's stop talking about it (laughs) (laughs) okay i i do have one other pre-show topic that i just wanted to talk about and that is headphones i just wanted to to talk to you and see if you had any recommendations for headphones besides the airpods because I'm going to be catching a plane in a week. Um, I have done AirPods on the plane before and previously Mm -hmm. it's been terrible. And now with my AirPods battery at about 25% maximum capacity, I know it's going to be even worse, probably unusable. Um, Mm -hmm. I was wondering, do you have any experience with something better? I know know you, you do have other headphones, so I thought I'd ask. Uh, yeah. Um, are you looking for something with noise cancellation since you're going to be on a plane? Yeah, I, I think I'm heading down that route. Okay. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, there's three options, uh, for wireless noise canceling headphones right now. If you want just the best you can find, um, there's the Sony WH-1000XM. Uh, uh, and these are all about the exact same price range, 300 to 350 Yeah, I um, figured that when I had a quick glance during okay. the week. 
Yeah. So these these Sony headphones have excellent noise cancellation. They have uh, uh, the the exterior of the headphones is a touch surface to control your phone with, and if you if you place your hand like entirely on the side, um, it reverses the noise cancellation and amplifies the outside audio. If you want to hear something quickly. You can put your hand on the side of the cup, and it will uh, amplify everything around you, so you can hear what's going on. Do, do you cup uh, it as that, if you're like uh, trying to hear better, sort of cupping, or just uh, it, more like a kind of a baby to, sort of cup? Yeah, you have to put your flat palm on the surface, okay. so not quite, but yeah, same idea. Um, so those are really good. They do have an issue where they can register false touch inputs in cold weather, which isn't so much of an issue for you. Uh, unless you're going to be wearing these in like Germany in the winter or something. Oh, it is a um, freezing 19 degrees Celsius in my room right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like if it gets below, I think it's around freezing, they can start registering false touch inputs. Okay, but yeah, I yeah, won't have that Probably problem. not an issue. Uh, the next one is uh, probably a given. It's the Bose QC35s. Right, that's what every man and his dog seems to have on a plane. Right, yeah, they're... Uh, they're extremely comfortable uh, between those and the Sony's. I think the Bose are a little more comfortable. Um, my the noise cancellation between the two is equally good. I wouldn't choose one over the other. Uh, they have physical button controls on the outside, and they have the, my biggest issue is they have a Google Assistant button on them. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh well, all right. So, and then if I were to buy a pair today. Uh, and the ones I've been considering purchasing for a while, and especially now, it looks like they're $100 off right now, uh, the Microsoft Surface headphones. So right now they're going for 250 US. Uh, they have uh, equal sound quality and noise cancellation, um, uh, but they have, instead of touch controls or buttons, they have physical like dials on either cup, and one, one controls volume and one controls how much noise cancellation you want so you can turn it all the way up or you can even turn it i think in reverse to also amplify the outside noise uh and my big selling point for these are uh they you can use siri through them and these have usb-c as well they have the modern connectivity that's checking a lot of boxes i do love usb-c um Mm -hmm. i do love the siri integration i'd the one downside I'm thinking is that I'm almost likely, almost definitely won't be able to purchase these from an Apple store. And I was hoping to do that um, uh, just because they have probably the best, like, no questions asked return policy of any retailer. And so if I didn't like them, do I they, have no problem. Do they do that on third-party products as well? I know they have no questions asked on their own stuff, but I didn't know if that was for everything. Uh, I'm fairly sure. I should triple-check that. Sure. Um. So, I mean, out of the three, I've tried the Sonys, and I've tried the Bose, and I like both of them. I have never tried the Microsoft, so I can't, I can't speak from experience on those, except for just I've seen the features, I've, I've seen a lot of reviews on them, and they seem like the pair that I would buy if I were to buy a pair today. All right, it looks like I might be trying to track down a Microsoft store. Oh, do they have those in Australia? No, <laughs> at least not in, <laughs> not in Perth. But I'm sure they'll be for sale at other places, so I'll have a look. Sure. Thanks for recommendations. And they're all wireless, right? Yes, they're all wireless. All right. Well, hopefully I'll have something to report back on in a couple of weeks if I can fit it into a uh, packed WWDC show. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Well, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. I thought during the last two weeks since our last show that I would exclusively pick non-keyboard related topics for today's show (laughs) and we made it 13 days without any keyboard news i thought we're on to a winner we're not gonna have to talk about keyboards Uh, (laughs) and then apple thought we need to do something about this so they tweaked their macbook keyboard design and expanded their repair program who saw this coming i i would I would not have predicted this, at least this soon. I don't think I was expecting any sort of MacBook Pro news until later in the year, and maybe on the rumored 16 and a half inch MacBook Pro. Um, but so basically, what they've announced, it's the, or the main thing, is that 
they're changing the the material that makes up the butterfly mechanism under the keys, probably to something stronger. I think the tissue paper just wasn't cutting it anymore. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> uh, which kind of gives credence to the um, explanation that it was like metal fatiguing that was actually the root cause of all these problems and and not dust as we kind of touched on last week last show right for a little while there's a lot of uh mixed emotions with this announcement uh as far as uh them them addressing this and expanding their repair program is great the fact that it came along with a read like a, a slightly updated macbook pro is is kind of disappointing because it means that our chances of seeing a whole new design this year is pretty slim, I think. And we're probably going to have to wait till next year to see these 16-inch MacBook Pros. Uh, the fact that they expanded their repair program to the point of 2018 models, their whole keyboard will be replaced with the 2019. That's really exciting and great. Uh, but then you see the, the repair program is expanded all the way to include these 2019 models now. Uh, <laughs> so it it kind of, I don't know, there's two sides. It's either like, man, you have a lot of consumer confidence in buying this because if it goes wrong, you're not going to fight with Apple. They're just going to repair it for you. But also, it doesn't seem like Apple has a lot of confidence in even this, their fourth attempt at fixing this keyboard. That's right, number four. And do you think the fact that they're including these brand new MacBooks in the program means they know there's going to be issues down the track and that they still have like the next thing after butterfly mechanism to come out um or do you think it's just a look if if there is a problem if i know we've uh, we've cried wolf a number of times now if there is a problem we don't think there is then you'll still be covered <laughs> i think the the uh the real answer probably lies somewhere directly in the middle of those two options um (laughs) they're crossing their fingers we're crossing our fingers no one wants a fourth gen to be as bad as the previous three gens but just yeah it's still it's still not enough to to tempt me i'm definitely going to wait for a full redesign before i consider purchasing a macbook pro again or at least wait like a year and see that there hasn't been any issues with this new keyboard and the poor old first and second gen butterfly keyboard owners are left um, left behind. They will continue to get uh, replacements that are just the old design, um, and then probably have to get it repaired again in six months and do that ad nauseum. So, uh, in the light of this news, how do you feel about your decision not to pay the extra to upgrade to the third gen keyboard, which you could have then? gotten the fourth gen i'm still very happy to to be living the ipad lifestyle at the moment um right yeah i'm not concerned um have you gone so far as to uh get any of the extra accessories yet like the keyboard or pencil i'm trying to use my ipad as a pure again in in quotes (laughs) device (laughs) doesn't include all these accessories Uh, i don't right I don't really know why I'm doing this. I'm just so hesitant to 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 just add and add and add and then just have this like this this mess on my desk of of stuff that isn't cables but just adds clutter. I don't, you know me. I you, I just don't like having too much stuff around. Too much right. anything that could could clutter surfaces. I'm generally against. Um, although the, the iPad keyboard. You know, it would be attached to the iPad, so you wouldn't really see that. Uh, what was the other option? The Apple Pencil. It kind of, you know, it clips onto the top of it. So it's pretty, it's neat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm just forcing myself to use it just as a tablet. And it's actually pushed me to, to to change nearly all of my text input now is via Siri. And I'm actually finding that... Oh, really? Yeah, this is actually a whole other topic, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I've been pushing myself to use Siri voice dictation on the iPad. Um, and it, it does actually seem to be, well, it, it is a hell of a lot better than last time I tried it, which was probably a few years ago. I tried extensively, that is, not just for the random message here and there. Um, right. And actually seems to get, like, measurably better as I use it. I like picking up acronyms I use and, you know, when it when it uh, translate when it... Uh, puts down something that I've said and then puts the little 
blue line, blue dots under it to say like, oh, there are other options. It seems to, you know, to learn how I speak a little better. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm generally quite impressed with it at the moment. And do you use this so far as like write full emails? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I do all my emails, messages, try and use Siri for basically anything they can do. Um, try to use shortcuts right. more. Yeah, I, I could Man, go that's on. a whole topic in itself. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I wonder if uh, this uh, Apple's learned their lesson with, with parts looking at these these new laptops considering the fact that their keyboards have failed so many times and to replace the keyboard they have to replace the whole top case and the speakers and the battery just because it's all one one piece i wonder if in the future they will uh maybe lean back a little more towards individual parts look at improving their iFixit repairability rating (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, I wonder. And that was another part of the announcement is that their repair turnaround time is actually going to be a lot faster than it was. Um, I know from personal experience that it was, I think it was roughly a week or five working days to get a turnaround before, but they've promised to bring that down. Yeah, that feels completely unacceptable for losing your computer. <laughs> right, it is a major hassle when you use it for work. Like, What are you going to do? Right. Especially for people who... Um, aren't in like a, a corporate environment where they're not just going to be given another computer. I guess they're not, they're not the ones that are going to be worrying about it really though in this case. But maybe right. slightly smaller. Um, and self-employed people just can't give away a computer for a week. I mean, that's like that's their business stopping. Um, so it, Yeah, I think that sentiment is pretty pervasive. Uh, in the past, we've talked about this. There's been a lot of comments about I'm just dealing with the fact that my keyboard is double typing because I can't I can't afford to give it up or it's not worth it to me to drive out to an Apple store and then have to go back in a week and so I think a lot of that uh, has been skewing their numbers too as far as how big of an impact these faulty keyboards have had. Um, one of the commenters uh, I'm just trying to look for it now, but um, one of the commenters was from India and said that the uh, the Apple support options are so terrible in India that um, they've just paid for a third-party repair of their keyboard. Actually, I might be thinking about Flexgate. Let's see if I can find it. Um, but in this case, um, actually, I think I am completely confusing with, with Flexgate, where Apple has actually said um, that anyone has pa- who has paid for this to be repaired in the past will actually be reimbursed. And yeah, I've... Right, that's the next topic. <laughs> <laughs> They're all. I'll just say you'll use the so. magic of editing to move that <laughs> forward fifteen minutes. <laughs> so yeah, I'm anxious to see. Uh, I mean, fingers crossed this will make a difference, but I'm sure. And if if we go another couple of weeks and these get in the hands of people, we're already seeing reports of them failing, like the last generation. I don't know what you can do to come back from that. Even <laughs> then we know that the- Apple has zero idea. Uh, about the true cause of this problem or they're really serious about saving their redesign and keeping their their four-year cycle they've had their laptops for a while yeah it's written in a uh, a stone tablet somewhere that they can't update the butterfly mechanism until 2020 (laughs) that was the dying words of steve jobs (laughs) don't update the laptops more than once every four years On um, Apple MacBook updates, we have a new, the first ever 8-core MacBook Pro and the fastest Mac notebook ever. So we've got some new mm-hmm. Intel chips in MacBook Pros. So a bit of icing on the top of the keyboard announcement, really. And I, it seems to be they're just getting some of this not-quite-so-major news out of the way before WWDC, which might mean there's bigger hardware news um, at the conference during the keynote this uh eight core thing scares me a lot i don't know what the timeline is as far as when these will be getting in people's hands i assume within the next week uh but i'm sure the first things we're going to see is uh like dave 2d testing the thermals on this eight core machine and i am not optimistic uh 
for this this existing enclosure to handle the thermals of an eight core CPU very well. As one of the commenters said, uh, the fastest Mac notebook ever for like five seconds until it's thermally throttling and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me see if I can find this. Uh, there was a, a commenter who pointed out that uh, um, even the the Razer Blade Pro, uh, the seven, 17 inch laptop with with uh, very serious uh, integrated cooling, uh, they only max out at the six core uh, chip, and they can't handle the eight core. So I don't I don't see how. Apple's going to be able to to do better without without maybe there's some serious redesign on the inside, uh, but they have not made any indication of that so far. Yeah, I would think that that would be as part of the announcement if there was also some sort of uh, thermal redesign to the laptop instead of just updating the chips to Intel's latest offerings. Right, so I would be surprised, but yeah, like you said, we'll have to wait until they're in people's hands to, especially Dave Two D, who he was kind of the. Um, the announcer of the major thermal problems when the i9 came out, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And as double A12 says in the comments, so I take it this means we won't see a full redesign this year. Uh, that uh, that confused me a little bit because... Well, it didn't confuse me, but it raised some questions because there was that um, tweet from Guy Rambo who was asked... Um, do you think there'll be a new MacBook Pro soon? This is on Twitter, at least with a redesigned keyboard. And he replied simply, yes. Is this the computer he was talking about, do you think? Or will we see something else come later in the year or even at WWDC? Uh, I can't I can't imagine that we're going to see uh, a full redesign at this point. Um I can't think of a time in Apple's history ever that they've they would make two iterations on a on their laptops or any device within six months of each other. Uh, so maybe this is what what Guy is talking about. Uh, we've also seen that sometimes Guy can be overconfident about things as far as air power goes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I I I feel like it's all but guaranteed that we won't see a a completely redesigned MacBook Pro this year. Supported by the fact that these uh, computers are also under the keyboard service program, these brand new ones, so... Yeah. Yeah. I think I think next year is going to be, be the year. So a little lonely laptop that sits on its own now is the MacBook Pro non-touch bar. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's been left for dead in the reeds by a river somewhere. I, it, it is a, a bit of a confusing laptop because it, it sits very close to the um, to the the new MacBook Airs in mm-hmm. more or less in specs and in price, doesn't it? Um, do you think yeah, it's just, just left I'm for just dead now? At the price now. I feel like it has to be. I'm, I'm looking at their their price now, uh, starting at third. 1300 and there's also a $1,500 option. Uh, yeah, with the fact that you've got outdated specs and an older keyboard design. Um, right, the, the bad I feel keyboard like, design, second gen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like it exists to fill some niche. The Air starts at, at 1200 and goes to 1400 so there are MacBook Airs that cost more than the MacBook Pro. Um, but the pro has a slightly better processor still. So it, it has to be, they're just wanting to keep their entry price low on the MacBook pros and that's how they're doing it. Um, but I think they're all in on the touch bar and we won't see, uh, the standard function row stay around for much longer. Yeah. They love their touch bar. They and some other people. You're a fan, aren't you? I don't mind it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I miss it quite a bit now that I've uh, my only Mac computers is my iMac. Uh, if they had a magic keyboard with a a touch bar, I'd I'd well I'd probably get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was I was just thinking that I uh, 
I actually do use the function keys quite a bit on my iMac. So it might be a little bit of a hassle, but I ah, see. So even a supporter out. of the touch bar is not sure whether they want it or not. That speaks <laughs> volumes. Well, potentially, um, some of the cases I use the function row for, they they could be like if the programs I was using were smarter, they could map those functions to to touch bar uh, options, um, and that might be something that's even possible to do on my own if I had a reason to play around with it or had a touch bar to play around with. Um, Maybe the the rebirth of the touch bar begins with marzipan apps with iOS apps coming to the Mac and them requiring all these little uh, and non-standard keyboard keys to to really make the make the most of them. I'm pretty sure um is it Steve Trout-Smith on Twitter has already exposed the the way in which these Marzipan apps can can put things in the touch bar. Um, mm-hmm. So it's definitely something that has been worked on already. And I think as, as in the early days as well. Yeah, I wonder how much these the touch bar computers were just forward thinking. They had to have had Marzipan in mind by the time they were releasing uh, these computers in 2016. Uh, maybe this is, yeah, the actual the realization of the idea of the touch bar. Time will tell. Continuing on MacBook news, that Apple releases a FlexGate uh, service program. So FlexGate is where the the cable uh, that connects uh, your LCD um, to the MacBook Pro display's backlight gets worn or broken or brittle after repeated openings and closings of the of the lid of the clamshell, uh, and mm. you get what looks like a uh, what do you call it? What do they call it? Stage light. Like a stage light? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, where it's kind of multiple lights shining up from the, just under the, like the bottom lip of your display. Um, and, and so this is what I was talking about before, whereas people have been paying to actually have these replaced and it's in the the realm of like an eight $900 repair. So it's not cheap. And um, there's certainly been a lot of angry people about this because it, it was never really acknowledged kind of like how the keyboard problems were acknowledged but it does seem to be affecting quite a lot of people um and i wonder um if these people that it's affecting are people who are like heavy users of their macbook and that it won't end up affecting everybody with with a um like a design flaw like this and that it um yeah uh, but uh, the problem uh, as as noted in the comments, is that they they seem to just be replacing the cable with the same cable again. So it may just be pushing the problem into the future. Um, but but at least people aren't paying the the fee anymore. And in fact, will be reimbursed for any previous repairs they paid for, which is nice to read. The fact that uh, this all this all came out at once, all of these. Uh, repair programs and extensions. Uh, it really feels like them fast It's like, okay, these computers are just really, really bad. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, and uh, I don't know. It does. It it means to me that they. It's. I mean, it's obvious that it's been an issue. Uh, but up until uh, the other day, they've completely denied it. Uh, but it seems like they've been sitting on these issues. I guess until they couldn't anymore and have all these repair programs that are lined up and just release them all at once. Um, well, they wanted to release them uh, with the announcement of the the new MacBook Pro, kind of like how you release bad news on a Friday afternoon so that it misses all the news cycles. Yeah. <laughs> so I think they tried to bury a little bit of this under new product news. I can, I can see that. So you'd almost think that... Uh, they would push this off some, though, and they'd say, well, here's the new computer that fixes all those problems. And then three months later, they're like, oh, by the way, we'll fix we'll fix yours as well if you didn't already upgrade. <laughs> but then it gets its own whole news cycle. You can't have that. That's right. Well, maybe they'll do it during WWDC. No one's <laughs> going to mention repair programs when iOS 13 comes out. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah this is one I haven't, see- I haven't seen much of. 
Uh, it's never something I experienced. Although I didn't have the 13-inch models, uh, but my understanding was this was was not exclusive to 13-inch. Um, but I don't know enough about that to to confirm that. But if if that's the case, it's it's odd to me that they've only uh, offered this repair program for 13-inch models. Right, yeah, especially if it is covering 15 inches. I mean, especially if it is um, affecting the 15-inch models. But, uh, yeah, I like you. You never experienced this. It's one of those peripheral problems that you do wonder, is it affecting the vocal minority or is it a widespread issue? But the fact that there's a right. service program would say it's fairly widespread. Yeah, it's more people than, than I think we've heard from on the subreddit at least relative to uh, the keyboard issues. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and the comment, which I, the commenter, which I've referenced about h- half a dozen times now is iOS Sanjay, who's saying he paid to have this fixed at a third-party repairer, so he's not going to get his money back, of course, which is mm-hmm. terribly unfortunate for people who have to go through third-party repairs like that. I mean, countries that Apple doesn't have a lot of support options. So you feel for people who put out nearly $1,000 to have this fixed and won't get anything back. Yeah, I mean, you're getting so close at that at that price point. Like, I'd be considering a new a new laptop versus paying just to have the, the existing one repaired. Yeah, I wonder if that new computer is going to be a Mac for a lot of these people as well. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be very hard to justify right now. So my iPhone SE may soon be left... In the dark, as uh, rumors suggest that iOS 13 will not support the iPhone 6, the iPhone SE, and the iPhone 5S, and I'm guessing iPads of similar generations. Right. Yeah, at least the second and third generation iPads. So this is a rumor from iPhonesoft.fr, <laughs> and <laughs> I... A household name. <laughs> Absolutely. For all the <laughs> French speakers, I'm assuming, with FR in the audience. Right. I'm just going to click on that and see which language it is. Uh, en poursuivant oh. votre navigation, vous acceptez. Yeah, that sounds very French. <laughs> <laughs> How did you like my accent? Spot on. Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> As an iPhone SE owner, I would be that news? shocked and appalled. As um, Really? Yeah. <laughs> do you know who coined shocked and appalled? Well, at least in my memory, is um. Do you, know, do you remember the old YouTube channel equals three Ray someone someone? Yeah, Ray William Johnson. Ray William Johnson. That's it. His like catchphrase was shocked and appalled, wasn't it? You know, this is okay. Completely off topic, but was a highlight of my childhood. Ray William Johnson commented on one of my YouTube videos. Really? Oh, that is a claim to fame really? if I've ever heard one. What did uh, he say? So, it was, okay, so I, w- I want to frame this. Um, so uh, in like middle school, my friends and I made a lot of, of like short films for YouTube and it, it was no art. Uh, there was no art to it. It wasn't creative. It was just us like filming each other goofing off and putting it on YouTube and one episode was, or one episode, that's not the right terminology at all. Uh, one video was a friend of mine interviewing uh, Darth Vader, <laughs> uh, someone in a Darth Vader costume. Uh, and and they had like a Darth Vader, uh, not like a speech synthesizer, but like a, a soundboard. So they had to like select a few Darth Vader quotes. And the interviewer just got fed up with him saying the same things over and over again. And that was the whole clip. Um, Ray William Johnson commented on that video and he said, uh, Raffle nice. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how that video came to his attention. You have to imagine that he just, especially because that was like when he was the most subscribed channel on YouTube for that short window. Uh, He had to spend all of his time. If not him, I assume people he hired browsing YouTube looking for clips and must have come across ours somehow. Um, yeah, well, maybe but, someone submitted it to him to, to show. 
it, it wasn't good enough to be submitted. It was a very bad video. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it it was there was nothing funny about it. I don't know how he came across like even on that channel we had funnier videos. So <laughs> I don't know how he came across that one or why he felt inclined to comment. Uh, but that was that was a big highlight of mine. And I'm glad I can share this with you because in the past when I've told people, no one even know who he was. Oh really? Oh, that's terribly disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what he's up to. Old Ray WJ. Uh on Twitter. Stand up stand up comedian now. Uh-huh. Um I think he did some music stuff. I don't think he's doing music anymore. He did like some vlogging, but I don't think he vlogs very much. Last tweet, December twenty five last year. Merry Christmas. So it hasn't been on oh, Twitter. Wow, he's for very active. Five months or so. <laughs> Only follows 13 people, yet has 1.3 million followers in return. Unfortunately, he kind of fell from fame after leaving Equals 3. Uh, not to say his other uh, endeavors haven't been popular. Uh, like My Favorite Martian, I don't know if you saw his music channel, but uh, that also had huge numbers of, of viewers. Um, I think his vlogging wasn't as popular as that, and I don't know how his stand-up comedy is going. The only reason I even know he's a stand-up comedian is because I stumbled across a video at some point about it. So, his um, his Wikipedia profile is uh, fairly sparse after say 2016. Not much uh, right. to it really. So, anyway, <laughs> iPhone SE uh, running an A9 processor, sold as late as last year by Apple. Right. I did not see them dropping um, iOS 13 support for the iPhone SE, especially considering I can speak from first-hand knowledge that it runs iOS 12 like like it was a, a new device. It is is very fast. There's very little stuttering or lagging. Um, I mean, the only issue I would have, I would say, is battery life is nothing really compared to the the new iPhones. Um, right. And I can also say from personal experience that the iPhone 6 and the 6 Plus cannot um, cannot run iOS 12 well enough to be a usable phone, at least in my opinion. I'm sure there are lots of people that, that do do it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I feel bad for people who had to run iOS 11 on those devices, which is slower, measurably slower than right. iOS 12 for a full year before 12 <laughs> came out. And improved the experience a little bit, um, but I had both a six and a six plus in the last I don't know nine months, and uh, I would I would put them in the unusable bucket, and dropping um, iOS thirteen support for those, or drop dropping I, I don't know I'm saying that a little bit weirdly, but um, dropping support for those this year in iOS thirteen there there you go um, is is high on my list. Um, but there is another aspect of it which isn't um, the speed of the processor. And this is often talked about, especially on um, podcasts which feature developers, is that developing for the smaller screen size of the iPhone SE and the 5S and the 5 generation screens is a bit of a nightmare. Um, and so mm-hmm. that is also given as a... A very strong reason for why it might be dropped. What do you think about the screen size thing? Uh, if I was looking at just screen size and no other factors, I would say that it has to be dropped. Uh, no doubt. Um, when I was working, when I was making an app for a uh, local university um, a year and a half ago or so, maybe not even that long. Anyway, when I was working on an app, I had to specifically go out and get myself a a 5S um, just for testing because a a layout that looks perfect and beautiful on, on every other screen size will just look... It'll be completely unusable on a 5S and you almost have to make an entirely different layout just for that screen size. And for such a small demographic, uh, it's it's almost not worth it. it. It It is not worth it in my mind and I think that... Uh, if they're going to drop support, that would 100% be why. Because it is the last device in that screen size with any sort of guts to run a new version of iOS, isn't it? 
5S was two generations of processor behind, I think, was it the A7 maybe in the 5S? Um, right. We're talking about mm-hmm. an A9 in the SE. Mm-hmm. I think the uh, iPod Touch has an A8. Okay. Uh, what's the news on that getting support? Well, there was those rumors a couple months ago about a redesigned iPod Touch, um, which did not come to fruition at the time, uh, but but seemed pretty substantiated when it was being discussed. Like, this was a late stages product, and people were expecting it to come out in that week that they seem to be unveiling things every day. Um, so maybe that is their solution if they wanted to keep the iPod around and up to date while also dropping that smaller screen size. Um, or they could be discontinuing it at this point. I don't I don't see it making up a big portion of their sales. Yeah, that's the whole thing, isn't it? These smaller screen sizes are such a tiny part of their sales. I think the, the iPod Touch, though, it's uh, still integral to the Apple ecosystem in terms of of getting new uh, new users into the ecosystem, right? Yeah, it's it's often the like the on board the step on board point for for young people into iOS mm-hmm. because the parents don't want to yeah. give them a, a cellular capable device. Yeah, I know. I personally, before I was buying computers or phones every year, I was buying the latest iPod Touch, uh, and that is one hundred percent what what got me initially into the the ecosystem and. Uh, a big part of what kept me in the ecosystem. Uh, so I feel like they could be missing out by dropping that unless they had small iPads as a replacement. They really upped the iPad mini or something, I guess. Yeah, that's not a bad thought. It's not quite as pocketable, though. Not quite. No, it's not really something you can hide under your desk when you're sitting at school. <laughs> Which is a big deal for it is late middle school, early high school kids. Yep, yep. I remember having my... Th- Nokia 3310 under the desk, and that was that was the perfect size for the teacher not to see and to also type in. <laughs> I don't think it was T9 at that point, but... Oh, man. Back on that topic. I can't even imagine texting on one of those. Yeah, well, I mean, originally you're pretty limited to actually 160 characters, weren't you? Like, it wouldn't even split it into multiple SMSs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, as far as what they're going to do... Uh, it would seem so weird to drop the SE but keep the 6S. Uh, but I think I think that upset two people. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, there is enough discontent about the small screen size from developers that it um, it remains in my head as something a little bit of a worry. Uh, but yeah, not a full blown worry. I mean, you, you have a little bit more stake in this than I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Because 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 I. If they were to drop it, you know, in two weeks, it wouldn't make a difference to me. I'd be happier because of it. But there's a lot of people who uh, who prefer it, who prefer that screen size and uh, would be very put off by that, especially since they just bought this phone last year, potentially. Right, or last month. <laughs> right, which uh, goes against Apple's philosophy of long-term support for devices. Right, yeah. Especially goes in the face of their keep your device for multiple years messages that they've been putting out the last few years. Although, now that I think about it, the fact that they are putting in the extra work to make uh, like this uh, TV TV app a update to iOS 12 and not just a throw in in iOS 13, maybe they're trying to throw all their services into iOS 12 because they know there's going to be a lot of people left on that operating system this year. no don't tell me this that kind of brings us to our next topic which is that um, apple has released ios 12.3 tvos 12.3 watchos 5.2.1 and macOS 10.14.5 and i think the biggest update was just what you're saying tv and uh admittedly i think that's the only thing i really checked is i went to the tv app and found it basically as terrible as it's always been then i quickly stopped paying attention this is topic is so funny to me after after everything else we talked about it's been like breaking news as of yesterday and then we're talking about something that's happened a couple of weeks ago uh nine days but, uh, come on 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I've played with the TV app. I've seen it exists. Um, I looked at the HBO Now or whatever just to see if there was potentially a deal, and there's not. It's the same same price as always. Um, HBO is probably the only thing I'd be interested in subscribing in outside of trying out Apple's original content later this year. Um, so out of all of this, uh, the the biggest news for me was the new watch faces in 5.2.1. What have you got interested. on your watch? Uh, well, I'm I'm still still using the infograph face, but I did play around with the new uh, pride faces that came out. They uh, some of them feel a little busy, but they they are they're kind of playful and fun. Like you can spin the the digital crown on the watch faces, and they uh they kind of animate and dance around and wiggle, which is fun to play with for a few seconds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you're not sitting there all day doing it. No, it's not even my primary face. I actually didn't think they looked very good but they were fun to play with. It's just something you wear during Mardi Gras. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I do have the the couple, like, pride bands, so if I were to put those on, I'd probably pick one of the, the pride faces, but other than that, it, it doesn't really match my setup. Um, as Intellectual Burger says in the comments, kind of disappointing, you still need to launch external apps like Showtime, Anytime, and HBO Go after clicking on a show or movie in the TV app. And that was the first thing I checked. What I'm looking for with the TV app is just... I go to this app, I find the show, it's got the latest version and I click play and it plays. You know, that's right. That's like that's the holy grail, I think, which we're like every every year we get further and further away from that. Um yeah. but what I did was I, I looked for I think I looked for two shows. First one that was on a um a a local network here called SBS and I, you know, clicked play and it just popped me out to I think it was even the App Store because I didn't have the SBS app installed. So that was strike one mm. against it. And then the second thing I looked for is um, uh, the Big Bang Theory. Um, it was just the finale the other week. So I, I checked and like the TV app had, I think, not even the most recent dozen episodes of the series. So it was like, well, you don't have anything recent and the stuff you do have, you bounce me to another app anyway. So... Why didn't I just start in this app? Because I knew you know, where it was. So I, I still right. completely missed the point of having this TV app. I mean, I do see the appeal of if you have them downloaded and subscriptions, the fact that all of the shows you're currently watching are in one place. Uh, it's not. It's not an issue I have. I I don't watch a lot of shows, and I especially don't watch multiple shows across different platforms that I need to keep track of. Uh, but I'm sure there are users that that could potentially be helpful to them. Uh, I did use the TV app just yesterday uh, to look for an episode of Man vs. Food, and it directed me to the app, the iTunes store, and so <laughs> I ended up buy, buying it. All right, so you went to the uh, TV app, and it directed you to the iTunes store app. Um, man, it was it was. It did. It was like the Food Network app. I could have downloaded that and potentially a travel channel, but I actually did want to buy buy the episode, so I I uh, went to the iTunes store as an option. I don't think I even have the app installed anymore. You don't have the iTunes store? No, no way. I haven't uninstalled a single uh, default app. <laughs> really? <laughs> Except maybe maybe Tips. I think I uninstall Tips every time because it gets annoying. I, I used to be an app purist and trying to have like default layout and all the stock apps and uh, mm-hmm. I eventually it took a long time. I mean it probably took like seven years to get past that. <laughs> I don't even know why I was doing it really, but um yeah, eventually I started uninstalling some of the stock apps. Especially since they become more numerous every year, you know, on news and right. you know, we've got tips and um wallet. Although I do keep wallet around for sure. Um and TV, of course. That's that's completely me. My uh, homepage of my phone looks pretty stock. Uh, uh, if I have similar apps, like I like to group my apps by category, which I think is common. Um, for instance, like my banking app and PayPal and everything, I'll stack those on top of exactly where the wallet app was, and I'll have a finance folder. Uh-huh. <laughs> but okay. the, the layout itself is very similar. And then I have a second page that just has a handful of folders for everything else I've installed. Oh, really? Okay. 
So here's my philosophy. I've got um, so if I had a, a brand new phone um, with all my apps just randomly assorted, what I would do is go to um, general reset reset home screen layout, um, mm-hmm. delete iTunes news and uh, stocks, move um, move Instagram overcast to the front screen and then sort everything else. Actually, we'll leave everything else as it is in alphabetical order on all screens after that. In alphabetical order, wow. Yes, I love alphabetical order. It makes it so easy. Do you uh, actively swipe between pages or do you spotlight a lot to launch apps? I... Siri. I I would do both actually. Actually, I'll do all three. Yeah, especially counting Siri. Um, I do try and use. Actually, there are some apps that appear very reliably in Spotlight based on location, which I really like. Like when I'm at um, the grocery store, um, we have like the the card, like the loyalty card app, will very reliably appear in Spotlight. So, and it starts with an R, right. so it's a few pages back. Um, mm-hmm. So I have learnt that in certain locations spotlight will give me the apps that i need but um yeah i will i'm not um against swiping for an app and i don't have that many installed so i mean we're talking like four or five pages at the most maybe even less than that <laughs> that still sounds unruly to me <laughs> <laughs> i bet i've upset a whole lot of people with my description of how i <laughs> organize apps you haven't updated your organization techniques since like ios 4 <laughs> <laughs> Your way sounds good, but I, I'm anti-folder. Sorry. Really? Yeah. yeah. Never been a fan. Hmm. The folders, I, this might be a little OCD, but like the folders can be difficult for me uh, because if I have an app that I feel like doesn't perfectly fit the name of any of the folders, I have a really hard time figuring out what to do with it mm-hmm. and will some will sometimes download other similar apps so I can make a new folder just for that <laughs> genre of app. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the best thing I've heard all show. <laughs> so an app you don't want, don't necessarily need, you download it right. just so you can group it with another app. It's amazing. Like, like I don't play games on my phone very much. Uh, if there's a new one, I'll try it out. Uh, but if I, if, I, if I download something like a game... And it's just my only game. I don't want to have just the app sitting on my home screen. So I'll go through the app store until I find another game. It's like, that looks interesting enough. I'll download it. And then I can have a games folder. And then it's fine. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, oh, actually, there was just uh, two other things that I wanted to talk about with regards to the latest iOS update. Uh, and that's Express okay. Transit Cards. So that's actually something I hadn't heard of before. Um and I'm especially excited about it because my local public transport system um, is updating their their own like NFC card with um, something more modern. Which I don't, I'm not sure if they've announced it, but I think it's something like a an, an Apple Pay, like an in your phone NFC type thing. And Express Transit mm-hmm. Card is when you don't require any sort of um, authentication to make the transaction. So you wouldn't have to fingerprint or face ID authenticate as you were trying to jump on a bus with a queue of 15 people behind you. Um, you can just tap and go. Right. So that sounds nice. Yeah, I'm really excited they're opening up the NFC more. I'd like to see potentially in the future uh, being able to like program uh, like little NFC stickers. Because uh, right now, I think the NFC on the iPhone is limited to only being able to read. But if it was able to write information, that would be really cool and useful. Um, and the other, the one last thing to mention is that the Apple Music for You tab now updates multiple times a day, based on um, based on your activity, more or less, which is nice. I can't. That is nice. Say I remember how often updated before. Was it every day? Uh. Man, I don't know about the for you. I use the playlists a lot, and those update like once a week. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I'm not in the for you tab very much. Otherwise, no. I mean, it's only if I'm like exceptionally bored that I end up tapping through the Apple Music tabs. I nearly always just play music via Siri because I know what I want to listen to. Right? Yeah, I usually listen to my own library before I'm going listening to something else. Oh, really? Okay. I 
especially since Apple Music, my, my own library has become more and more neglected as I just, something pops into my head and I say, Siri, play, blah, blah, blah. Um, ah. It's a, uh, it's more of my barbershop stuff again. Uh-huh, so it's, uh, it's not necessarily... If, if I'm listening to music, it's usually because I want to sing along with it, and so I usually pick a barbershop song. Okay. <laughs> uh, anything else from um, the latest updates? We didn't even talk about the macOS update, but... I'm not sure I noticed anything in there. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I've uh, relegated my my actual Mac desktop usage to only when we're recording this show, so any changes <laughs> wouldn't make a difference to me. Right, okay. Well, I'm James VDM on Reddit and on Twitter. And I'm Jelly Woot on Reddit and Twitter. And that's a wrap.